thank you for another opportunity to gather around your word. I know that your word always brings life. Every time we embrace your word, we embrace the kind of life that only Jesus can give us. And so this morning, we come with an expectation to receive life from your word. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We're also believing that as we embrace your word today, we will have direction in our lives. I pray that you will speak through me. I pray that the words that will come out of my mouth will enrich your people, will enlighten, will eliminate fear, will just um, be exactly as you intended and achieve the very things that you intend for them to achieve. Have your way here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And those who believe, typed in the comment section, amen and amen, amen. Well, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I hope you have enjoyed our series, which we've um, pretty much concluded on uh, last week, where we were talking about our calling to create. And we concluded by spending quite a bit of time understanding the creative force of love, how that the power of God's love is a creative force that all of us need to make sure that we are rooted and grounded in if we are going to be fruitful in our lives. And I hope you were blessed by that series and I pray this is my big this is where I am as an individual. Um, I don't know about you. I've been around church long enough to um, to be in a place where I'm no longer satisfied with just the amen and just the taking notes. You know, somebody said this um, the other week, a friend of mine said this the other week, and I think it's so true. The life that you are experiencing right now or the thing that you are facing right now was recorded in your notes some time ago. Okay? This is what I mean. What God always does, he always, he never fails. Things take us by surprise, but God is never taken by surprise. In fact, God always prepares us ahead of time. The question is, sometimes we don't pay attention. Sometimes we don't look over our notes. But if you look over your notes, you will probably find that the season you are in was already prophesied in some message before. And instruction was already given. So I want to really encourage you to make sure you hold on to those words because those words are given to uh, give you something to wage a good warfare with. I hope the impact of that word doesn't go beyond the goosebumps you felt or the you know conviction you felt. I am praying that those words really begin to inform the, the, the steps that you take as you walk through life. But today I want to start a new series for uh, probably not going to go into the new year, but just for a short, uh, a, 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 a short while, a new series on relationships. It's, it's the last thing that was on the curriculum for me to teach this year. Um, I, I, and I want to start from here, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's build from here. Verse 16 says, From whom the whole body joined and knit together. This is talking about the church. Joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth 
for um, growth of the body and for the edifying of itself. This is Paul here speaking about the church and he's saying about, and he's saying about the church that the church is made up of different people who supply something to edify the church and make the church what it is meant to be. Uh, just as, is with, uh, as it is with the church, I believe that God has designed life in such a way that we function to our maximum potential when we all pull together. If the relationships in your life are what they ought to be, then you will be maximized. If the relationships in your life are not quite what they ought to be, then you won't be maximized. The quality of your life is directly related to the harmony in your relationships. I'll say it again. The quality of your life is directly related to the harmony in your relationships. You are not an island. You were built to function in relationship with people. Amen? So, 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 so uh, um, that's why I'm talking about people today. I'm calling this series simply people because you and I were designed to function in harmony with people. We were designed to function, you know, it's just like the singer. Um, the reason you would have enjoyed that worship from, from, from Joshua and his lovely wife, Siobhan, is that, is that they were harmonizing. They were two different people with two different abilities that were harmonizing. And then you had the keys in the background, a completely different instrument, but contributing to the sound that is being made in a way that it complemented. Then you had the bass and you had the beats, all, all completely different animals, completely different instruments, but it is the harmony between them that makes the sound that they produce a beautiful thing. And so what we are really looking to make sure that we do in our lives, if you are going to live, the Bible puts it this way, it talks about how do all that is within your power to, to live a peaceable life, a harmonious life, uh, a united life, uh, um, a cooperative life, because the more there is a harmony in your life with every other person, the better it will be for you. Are you with me so far? And so you are built to function in relationship with people. The leg, the function of the leg is maximized when it is receiving instruction from the brain and cooperating as the brain instructs. When the brain, the feet, the eyes, and the hand work together, that's where you get, you produce music. You can get one person doing all of these different things because somehow their brain, their hands, in fact, your ability to play the drums, for instance, is directly related to your hand-eye coordination as well as your brain and your feet. And um, that's why I've never been able to play the drum. That coordination is not quite there yet, and so there is no harmony. My feet is moving a little bit faster than my hands, and my hands are watching my, it's just not working because there is no coordination between the two parts. And so uh, what we want to make sure that we do in our lives, in our relationships, is to get to the place where we understand people so that, the, so that we can harmonize with people. 
I have found this to be true that a key reason why parts of our lives don't produce beautiful sound is that there is no harmony between you and the people that you are connected. Harmony does not equal um, uh, the absence of differences. Okay, being in a place of harmony is not the elimination of differences. Um, it, it, it is the harmonizing in spite of your differences. Unity is not you becoming like me. Unity is you being you, me being me, and we, and we together find a way to work together. Okay, that's what unity really looks like. And so, like it or not, you are connected with the people around you. And until you can find harmony with the boss that you hate, you're probably not going to progress in your career. Because you will move from this job to the next job and find another boss you hate. And what are you going to do then? You are connected to that work colleague you don't like. You know that one that's always happy? That you just, that just winds you up on a Monday morning and wants to talk when you want to be quiet. You are connected to them. You can't do away with people like that. They are always in your life. You might be, you might be, you know, uh, uh, you might be labor and somebody else is conservative, but like it or not, you are connected. You might hate them. You might be Republican and they are Democrat and you think they're the devils, but the reality is you are connected with that devil. Okay? Like it or not, it is just the way it is. And so life works better when we learn to understand people, when we learn people. What I see a lot of the time and is very popular in our time right now, we have a, a, a religion of uh, 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 a secular religion in our world right now that suggests that if you don't agree with me, the only solution is for me to cancel you. The only solution is for me to shout loud enough uh, until you agree with me. The only solution is to shame you until you agree with me. We, 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 what we try to do is to eliminate those that are different from us instead of understanding them. And when you try to change a person that you have not taken the time to understand, you are already doomed to failure. The, the, the political state, for instance, in America is, is exactly that. Two people, two people from different groups are shouting so loud, but nobody is taking the time to really listen to the other person because they have made their conclusions, closed off their minds, and they will never agree. They would never pay attention to one another. Are you with me today? Show me a person who is only ever looking for people to agree with them. I'll show you a person who is limited in their potential. When you learn and when you understand people, what happens is, there, is you save yourself a lot of hassle and ultimately you learn how to harmonize with people. Listen, I do believe that we are called to raise kings, people of influence. But it is impossible for you to influence somebody if you don't learn the right way to harmonize with them. The right way to, if you don't understand them, if you're not invested in them. And so I want to start off this series by talking about people. I want to talk to you this morning about four things I want you to know about people. Can we, 
just have a conversation this morning. Think about this as, you know, just a fireplace conversation. Think about this as we have a cup of tea. You have, uh, you have your cup of tea. I have my water. Forget the lights and the microphone and the camera. But let's just talk about people. Let's just talk about people. You know, I, 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 I have my, my own weaknesses. I have the, the things that I'm not great at. But one of the things that I do believe that God has skilled me a little bit with is understanding people. Understanding people has kept me in ministry when I don't even know what I'm doing. Just knowing enough about people, I believe, has saved me a lot of heartache, has removed, has eliminated the need for sleepless nights. Because when you understand people, it saves you so much. So let's just have a conversation about people. Some things I believe that you need to know about people. If you don't know the, these things about people or if you don't accept these truths about people, relationships, you're just going to be banging your head on the wall. And so look at this. The first thing I want you to recognize about people is this, that your, the biggest problem you have with people is you. Your biggest problem with people is you. Someone type that in the comment section just so I know, just so I know um, that you are listening. You have to understand this about people. If we are going to get on with people, if we're going to be effective in our relationships, you have to understand that your biggest problem with people is you. James chapter 4, this famous scripture, well, I don't know how famous it is. James chapter 4 <laughs> You see how some of you, some of you were not expecting that because right now you're thinking, oh my goodness, um, I thought he was going to tell me how to fix people. That's your problem. You want to fix everyone. We want to fix people without looking where we ought to start first. Your biggest problem with people is you. It is so true. James chapter 4 verse 1 says this. He says, where do, you, where do wars and fights come from among you? He says, do they not come from your desires for pleasures that war in your members? Most of the wars that you are fighting without did not start without, it started within. Are you listening to me? And you cannot understand people until you understand yourself. Your war with people um, will not go away until you make peace with the war within you. There is a battle that you are going through on the inside of you. And whilst it would be nice to say people are haters, people are this, people are that, the reality is that the biggest problem you have with people is not with people, it's with you. Every single one of us sees life from the lens of our experience. Every single one of us have experienced life to a certain degree, and our experience of life gives us the view that we have. Look at what Jesus says here in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I can tell this is going to be a good series. Okay? Matthew chapter 7. Let's set us free. You know how we just like to pray about everything. We like to demonize everything. We like to bind people and lose people and they're not losing 20 something years you've been binding what is outside but the reality is it is it is what is inside that needs to be loosed 
okay? Matthew chapter 7, look at what Jesus says here. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank? I love this translation. I think it's the New Living Translation. He says, you don't pay attention to the plank in your eyes. Think about that. How can you say to your brother, he says in verse 4, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. And all the time, there is a plank in your own eye. He says, you hypocrite, first take out the plank in your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eyes. Look at the comparison. He says, he says you, are, you are noticing a speck of dust, and you're obsessing about the speck of dust in your neighbor's eyes, when in reality, you are walking around with a plank in your eye. You're walking around with something. See, as we travel through life, the reality is we pick up planks. You know, there are big things coming out from our eyes. The good, the bad, all of the experiences of our lives give us these huge planks, these ways of looking out. And so the best thing you and I can do about your relationships, any relationships, the best thing you and I can do is to understand, is understand the planks that you are carrying. Even before you understand, is recognizing you're carrying a plank. You're carrying something. Jesus does not even suggest that you don't recognize or you don't notice sawdust in somebody else's eyes. He doesn't suggest that it is wrong for you to notice when someone has got it wrong. But what he's suggesting is that the problem with your eyesight is not what you are seeing in the person. He's suggesting that the problem with your eyesight is what you are carrying in your own eyes. Until you understand the kind of plank you're carrying in your own eyes, you will always see men as trees. All right? Some of you are banging your head against a brick wall because you are walking around thinking that people are this and people are that. And the reality is that the biggest problem you are having with people are the ones you are having with yourself. I know that bishop from that church told you that there was a demon following you all your relationships. That is why every time, now I don't, I, I, I have no experience of that, so I don't, I'm just telling you what I do know is that, is that maybe that demon was actually the plank in your eye, okay? Before you start thinking that, that, that it is fixing the other person that is the issue, perhaps that there is, perhaps there is a plank in your eye that you are carrying, and until you get introspective, in fact, the reality is, show me a person who is always pointing the fingers at somebody, I'll show you a person who has never looked within. Not really, because when you really look within you, you will leave people so dust alone. Are you listening to me? When you really, when you really, when you really understand um, yourself and look within, you will really understand that you know what? It's the war that I'm fighting within me. What battle are you fighting within you? What battle are you fighting? If you don't learn to remove the plank from your own eyes, you won't see right. You won't see right. What kind of, what kind of experiences have you been through? You know, have you ever sat down to think, how did I grow up? Why don't I lack carrots? 
you know, <laughs> you just you just believe I don't like it, you know. And now, and anyone who tries to feed you carrots, they're trying to poison you. They're the haters. The reality is not it's not about why did they feed you carrots. The reality, maybe if you, you can start by asking, why don't I like this thing? Many of us have never spent time to uh, to review our lives, to really live. We're just moving from place to place, from job to job, from relationship to relationship, and never really taking stock of the things, the planks that we are carrying around our eyes. Somebody said in the comment section, remove the plank. I think that this should, that should be a t-shirt. We should have a t-shirt that says, remove the plank. <laughs> Amen. So, so we've got to learn We've got to learn how to, to understand how your life experiences have impacted the way you view life. Perhaps you see men the way you see men because of the experience that you had with your father. In fact, most times uh, psychologists will tell you that many daughters end up marrying their fathers in a different body. Amen? They, they, you know, your, you, the, the first expression of love I, I, I don't, shall I go deeper in this? I've even found that the, you, you know, when, when they ask a man and the man just tells you he knows, you know, how do you, one of the biggest questions that, that people often ask about marriage is this question, how do you know when you found the one? And, and the real answer is a genuine answer is I just know. The reality is, as you've been traveling through life, as you've experienced the good and you've experienced bad, the shape of the one is, the, is an image that you are carrying on the inside. And when you see that one, you will know. It just, it just adds up. I'm going to leave that alone. Okay? Uh, because the one was being, you know, it, it wasn't, it was, it was when your father, how your father treated you, how your mother treated you. Most men are looking for their mothers. <laughs> I know they don't want to say it. Most men are looking for their mothers, you know, because your mother has set this expectation of who your wife will be. And so you're traveling through life with a certain level of expectation. Now, please, uh, you understand that to a great degree, these things are generalizations, but I still believe them to be true. Okay? Uh, 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 and, so, and so what we want to understand oftentimes is how do I know the one? Why do I get on with, with these kinds of people and I don't get on with these kinds of people? Do you know some of your best friends are people that you have shared, a, you have shared experiences with? Because the experiences that we have give us a shape of how we see people. Are you listening to me today? And so it's important that you understand um, that how have your life experiences affected you. Take time to think. You know, sometimes we don't want to go back at all and have a conversation and we demonize things like therapy because you, we just kind of think you just need to pray. Sometimes you don't need to pray. Sometimes you just need to talk to yourself. Have a good conversation. Okay. We're going to keep digging. Learn how, so, 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 so learn, learn how, how, have your, how has your life's experiences impacted you? How, how, how um, understand your emotions? Do you, do you know why you feel the way you do? 
Do you know why you feel the way you do? I, uh, I, went, to, I went to a boarding school when I, was, uh, it, it, when, when I was in Nigeria. Some of you here, when you hear boarding school, you kind of think, ooh, no, not that kind of one. I'm telling you, this was not that kind of boarding school. Don't ooh where you are. This is not the same. So this was that kind of board. But I, and I remember... And I remember that, that there was, um, there was some, some, you know, this kind of boarding school where those who are older than you, <laughs> they, they put you in line. They didn't wait for the, head, the teachers to, to correct you. You had senior students, people who were two or three or four years ahead of you who would terrorize you. We were terrorized as young, youngers, okay? You know, just really, really dealt with. And I remember... I remember there was a time in my life when there was a certain, I can't remember what the perfume is called. I think it's Brute. Anybody know about Brute? Not Brooke. Brooke is, is no, Brute. <laughs> there was, there was this, this particular, at, at that time when we were growing up, there, it, it's an after, it's a, it's a body spray, and I think there is a perfume as well. And there was a season of my life where every time I smelled that perfume, fear would rise in my heart. If you wore that perfume and came to me, if you, I would not, I would, first of all, if I don't check myself, I would be like, you know, you know what, <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> and and uh, it was only until, it was the green bottle, yes, somebody knows it. It was only until I took time to say, why, why don't I like this guy? They didn't even do anything to me. I realized that they, they smelled like somebody I didn't like. Uh, have you ever taken time to understand your emotions? Because listen, we are not as logical as we think. We are very emotive people. Most of our decisions are emotional. That's why they got you to buy what you bought yesterday. You know Black Friday? You know that, that kind of oven that you bought? It wasn't, it wasn't because logically you needed it. They tapped into an emotion. Your fear, that, that's what marketing is. Marketing is not about logic. It's about emotion. That is why Marks and Spencers will show up, and Marks and Spencers will say, this is no ordinary cake. This is, I don't know what the kind of cake is, but, but, but they describe it in this kind of way. And even you don't even like carrot cake, but you're buying it because it makes you feel good. That's why the adverts are nice. That's why they are relentlessly advertising to children. When you tune in on, on, on TV and the, the, the toys keep coming, the number of things my kids say, oh, I want that one. Oh, I'll have this one. So who's giving it to you? Because as, as, as these things are coming, they are evoking emotions. <laughs> do you understand why you feel the way you do? It is scriptural to evaluate your emotions. David put it this way. He says, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Sometimes we just settle for being downcast and never really asking the question, why do I feel this way? Every time an unknown number calls me. <laughs> why do I, why am I nervous anytime somebody talks about money? I like this pastor, but that offering time is a problem. You just feel uncomfortable. Have you taken the time to understand, um, understand, understand what it is that you feel and why you feel the way you do? Because your biggest problem with people is not people. Your biggest problem with people is you. Your biggest problem with people is the wars that you are fighting 
fighting within. And let me tell you, until you settle the war that is within, you will always have a problem with people. In fact, most of the time, if you see people who are always fighting, people who are always ready for a fight, often have a huge war within. People who are, you know, people can pick a fight anywhere. Why do you look at me? What are you looking at me for? Why do you look at me like that? There is a fight that they are fighting within. Your biggest problem with people is the, is the, is the battle that you are fighting within. As long as you, 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 um, you resign to allowing or to sorting people out before you can have peace, you will always be a slave to the way people behave. But until you get your peace within, you can, be, you, can, you can be like Jesus sleeping in the boat. There is all kinds of storms going on around you, but you are in peace. It is possible. Who is it, who, who is it or what experiences have you dealt with? Uh, what kind of battles are you facing within? Why are you so downcast? Let me go to the second thing I want you to know today. Come on, someone type in the comment section, look within. Look within, or let, uh, just, just to, be, to be more blunt, just say, remove your own plank. Remove your own plank. Examine your own plank. You know, the, the, I've learned, one of the things that I've learned in life, uh, you will never catch me pointing my finger at somebody. You will never catch me kind of jumping and say, oh, look what they did now. No, no, that's not me, because I've got a plank within my, I've got, a, I've got a plank that I'm working on. Number two thing I need you to understand. Number two thing. Is this helping somebody this, this morning? Okay. Number two thing you need to understand about people is this. People are complex. Okay? I know it sounds simple. But people are complex. To simply put people in a box is our lazy way of coping with the complexity of people. To simply describe somebody as this or that is a very lazy way. The reason we put people in boxes is to help us relate to them. But the problem with that is that people are often more than one thing. People are, people are more complex than we think. People are, com even without trying, without trying to be deceptive, even without trying to be deceptive, if you stay long with people, you will feel like they deceived you. Because you put them in one box, which they jumped out of when you stayed long enough. I read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and we're not going to go there for time. But if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and I see how the scripture, the writer to the book of Hebrews, is really talking about all these men, talking about David and talking about Gideon and talking about Abraham. Um, and, and you kind of think that that was the only side to them, that they were these people who were so full of faith. But I also like how the Bible also records most of their failings. David, that David, the, the man who the scripture records as a man after God's own heart, this same man who, 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 who worshipped, a man who was such an amazing king that he was able to tap into a new dispensation in the Old Testament. He was a king and a priest, able to go into the presence of God or bring down the presence of God in David's tent, even when there was no presence in the authorized temple. This was a man who understood the presence of God, but at the same time, he was still a murderous adulterer. People are complex, let me tell you. 
okay? People are complex. People, there is so much going on. God still refers to this man as a man after his own heart. Sometimes you see him as a man after, uh, after his own heart, but on the other hand, sometimes you see the other side, the insecure side of him, you know, he's, he is before Nathan, and Nathan is telling him. Nathan is telling him about a man. The prophet Nathan goes to David, and he's telling David about a man who had many sheep, and he goes to another man who only had one, and he kills that man and takes his sheep. And David rises up in indignation as the king, the, the man who executes justice in this realm. And he rises up and he says, who, who did that? Because we need to deal with that At, in the same instant. And Nathan says, that man is you. Because the reality is we are complex. We are still people who recognize injustice and we want to fix things. But at the same time, we are still very capable of, 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 of administrating that injustice. People are more complex. Stop thinking that you know people. When you meet people, you will often meet them on a journey to wholeness. Wholeness, really... The, the level of wholeness that a person has experienced is the level of oneness that they have. In other words, the journey of wholeness is a journey of reducing the number of people that you are. <laughs> Just write this down if you didn't get it. Wholeness is the ability to be one. Oneness, in, in, integral. The quality of your in, integrity is redefined by how one are you. In other words, I am a person of integrity when I am the same at home as I am at church to a great degree. And that's the journey that we are all on, the journey that every single one is, uh, is everyone who at least understands this, is on a journey to wholeness, is on a journey to oneness, is on a journey to authenticity, to be the same, to to be shaped and molded by God and not just by our experiences, which make us so many, uh, have so many faces. People are complex. Come on, type in the comment section, people are complex. That's why you need to wait a little bit. That's why, excuse me, that's why love has to be patient. Because people are complex. You've got to wait a little bit. You've got to be patient. Love has to be patient if love is going to last. Because, because you will see things that you didn't bargain for. You, you will hear things and hear them talk in ways that, that, um, that you, you, you didn't think that they could talk because you put them in a box. People are complex. People are not as straightforward. It's not just Republican or Democrat. It's not just labor or conservative. It's not just pro this or pro that. Life is much, much more complex. Those boxes, they have their places, but many times if you just stick to that, you forget that people are complex. You really have to take your time from uh, to learn people. It takes time to really know people. You really don't know people as well as you think. Some of you think you know me because you've been hearing me preach every week. You don't know me. You really don't. You know, the only person who would know me is my wife. Because she knows me at home. My children have a different side to me. They know a part to me that you will never know. Because we are more than one thing. We are all complex. You really have to take your time with people. That's why I say don't get married yet. 
Okay, don't sign that deal yet. <laughs> somebody said one time, somebody said one time, don't get married to them until you've been to a night vigil and see if they turn into a lizard. If, they don't, if, you, if you take them to a night vigil and they don't, they don't manifest, then they've, they've ticked one box. Then the next box you need to go is go swimming with them. Okay, go swimming and see what falls off and what. <laughs> People are complex. I'm enjoying myself. Okay, People are more complex than we think. You know, and so don't jump into things quickly. The complexity is, is huge. You don't know where they've come from. You know, stop having sex with people before you know their last name. Because mm -hmm. you thought you knew enough. You felt this thing. You know, we just, we just gel. You, you, what, what gels? What gel? You didn't gel. There was something on the inside. Okay, there was something on, in your flesh that you were feeling. You, you, you think you know them. That's why you are giving them too much too soon. God is not stupid. When God told you, don't do it before you get married, there is something he is hiding. And we spend a lot of, a lot of young people, a lot of us young people, a lot of us young people, Shababa, I'm a young man. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of young people just kind of spend time arguing, why did God do this or why? It doesn't matter. The reality is when you live long enough, when you live long enough, you would know why. It's not about rules and regulation or going to heaven. God, in his wisdom, gives certain instructions because people, even with their best intentions, are complex. People are complex. Amen? So, 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 so there is a reason why he reserved something deep, as deep as sex. You know, there is no casual sex. It's just not, not a thing. People are complex. You are, you, are, you, are, <laughs> you are committing to a level of complexity that you know nothing about. You know nothing about. Okay? This is why you need to talk. Don't just sit down and look at their cute eyes or whatever. Have a conversation. If you want to know people at your workplace, talk. Ask questions. Because people are complex. Don't put them in the box and just say, they always get drunk on Friday. These sinners, like you are this better person. No, listen, people are more, you don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what they're facing. Ask questions. There was a guy one time, I remember, you know, a, a long time ago when I, I, used, I used to lead worship. And every time I'm leading worship, I, I would see this guy in front and he's just dancing while everybody's kind of being, you know, kind of cute British dancing where we just kind of, Gently rock to the side and rock to the side. My man was out there with his suit doing his thing. I'm like, who is this guy? Why are you being so extra? And then one day I went and I sat, had lunch with him. And I, know, and I now knew what he had been through, how he got to where he was right now. Every time I see him dancing, I join in. Because people are more complex than what you think. You might just make the assumption that this is just a show up for you don't know what they're celebrating. You don't know how complex life is. People, are, and I've said that a lot. So, so it doesn't unravel. All of life doesn't unravel at once. It takes time. It takes maturity. It takes patience to learn people. And when you give too much too soon, one of the reasons you do that is you made the assumption that you know them. That's why you sign the papers too soon. I was thinking the other day how, uh, how, how even, even with myself, how God would call us to pastor people, but yet I am really an introvert. 
Even though I deal with people and I can speak to people and I can deal with people when we have something to do. Uh, and, uh, but, but, but once we get to, once the small talk is finished, once we have finished what we came to do, I have nothing else to say. I get socially awkward. I just kind of, it's, it's, just a, how, it's just how complex and, uh, that we all are. We, are. we are different things at the same time. You know, I, I'm, I, 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 I enjoy people. I love feeding people. I love connecting with people. But at the same time, I love my own company. I could, a holiday to me, if I was to choose a holiday, I would book a hotel somewhere and be in, be in there binge watching TV, eating indoors. They will bring the food in. I will eat. I won't speak to anybody. That is a holiday for me. Some of you are different. Some of you are different because you want to be with people. Everyone is different, but but I'm just saying people are complex. Everyone are, you know, we have different things that that, that make us the way we are. I I, I was going to make this one a different point, but the other thing is, is trauma. Many people are traumatized. A trauma is, you know, I know it's a very strong word, and I was, you know, having a conversation with my wife about how, how strong that word is or whether it really fits in this, but, as, but allow me to just borrow that word for a second. Um, many, many of us have, you know, trauma is generally defined as, as, as the, the experience you have, um, the impact of a long, um, the long-lasting impact of a disturbing or distressing situation. And and many people have been through distressing or disturbing situations that they are yet to make peace with. They are are dealing with so many things that they are yet to to make peace with. And so many people have unresolved trauma. I was reading an article from Harvard. And um, the research was showing that sometimes it's not even about what happened. It is about the, inter- particularly in children, that, 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 that children can pick up trauma, not, not just from what happens, but even from their perception of what happened. So something that doesn't seem serious to you might happen, but their perception becomes something that shapes their idea of what they want in a spouse or what they're expecting for their future because every single one of us is dealing with something. Every one of us is dealing with something. Uh, and it's a huge reason, reason why many of us are so complex because, you know, sometimes we, and the mind is another amazing thing. The mind is amazing because the mind stores all of this information, all of these different times and pulls out that file at the right time. So sometimes you're having a conversation, it was flowing so well until you asked them about what school they went to. It was flowing so well until you asked them what was their middle name. And you're wondering why are they flipping out at that simple question because people are more complex. We face distressing situation with your parents. Some, some people have experienced their parents having to beg another person for money for them to eat. Some people have experienced, uh, experienced, you know, all kinds of uh, trauma from being abused, distressed situation of a loved one dying. Uh, I, I remember after my, my mother passed away for a long time, even after, I like to put it this way, I forgave God, and, I, and we won't talk about it. So if, some, <laughs> if someone was sick, I wouldn't even really, really want to pray for them. 
because we are, we're all complex. We all have things that impact us, things that are dealing with us. I still believe in healing, but in this particular area, if you saw me talking about, about healing, you would, you know, I believed in healing for as long as I, as I knew, but I was in a room with people praying for healing whilst my mother was dying. And God still calls me and puts me in this place where I need to preach and preach his word. And there is this, this, this thing that needs to be reconciled within me in order for me to be much more. Are you, are you with me today? This life is more complex than you think. And a lot of times you just need to give people space. I'll talk about it as we go along. We just need to give people space because... There are so many distressing situations that people have been through, and, and, and life is more complex than we know. Leah, in the book of Genesis, I think it's Genesis chapter 29, she deals with the rejection of her father. Her father has to, the, her father has to be in a place where, where her father got to this place where her father had to trick somebody to marry her. Now, we can read that and just move on, but pause for a second and think about what that looks like. Where your own father, you know, there is a saying that says even, even the monkey is not beautiful, but their mother likes them. But imagine the young girl that her own father thinks that I have to trick somebody into marrying you. And then she marries Jacob and she spends a huge part of her first years married to Jacob. She spends bearing children for him because she wants him to love her. There is a strong desire. Do you know what, what happens to a woman's body when she has children? To make that decision consciously simply because you are after the love of a man who loves another. People are much more complex. So you can stand on the outside not knowing the story of how she got to marry Jacob. Maybe you met Jacob and her uh, at some point and you're wondering, why is she doing this? This man does not love you. Why are you still? People are more complex than you think. The various events in our lives lead us to this place where we make inner vows. We make inner vows that, you know, people around you never knew about. You made a decision, no man will ever treat me that way again. And he wasn't even just trying to treat you, that he was just asking a question. Okay? We make inner vows, vows that you try to make people comply with. That's why you've got to look within. I always ask, why, why do you want them to do that? Every time, and, and, and most, people, most people don't like this about, uh, I, I wouldn't say they don't like it about it, I, I, but I can always say, Every time couples come to me, maybe one person comes to complain about the other person, I never talk to them about what they did. I start to ask, so why do you feel that way? Why are you angry at them? How did you receive that? They're like, I can just see the itchy, but that's not what I came to talk about. I came for you to make a phone call, to tell this guy to stop doing this. I wanted you to tell her that this is what she needs to do because that's all we need. But the reality is it's not that simple. Hallelujah. Many people have expectations, you know, and, and, and this is huge as well in relationships. Many people have expectations that they haven't told you about. Do you know people have expectations of you that you don't even know that they have of you? Okay. You never made these promises, but they receive the promises because they are complex. 
people are, it's, it's never as straightforward as that. It's never as simple as that. Come on, someone type in the comment section, people are complex. People are complex. It's not as simple as that. You said you love me. Why have you changed your mind? People are complex. That's why you shouldn't have believed them when they said it. I'm not saying you shouldn't believe them. I'm just telling you, I love you is bigger than I love you. You, you need to, it takes time. Okay? You know, oh, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Okay? I, uh, let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> Let me tell you how to deal with it. If someone tells you I love you, I don't want you to be a skeptical person, a person that doesn't believe. No, here is how it works. You believe by faith. That's how we do. That's how we operate. We live by faith. If someone tells you I love you, we, you, we receive that by faith. Okay? Uh, and that works with the hope that you have because you're expecting that in your life you will have people who love you around you. And that is how it should be. But the reality is you can't just live. Even God, we don't relate with God just on, purely on, on the fact that he said what he said he would do. But really because he is so faithful that he does what he said he will do. So receive by faith when someone tells you I love you. Forgive it time because it is in time that the quality of their love will be put on display and you can make that decision not just based on what they said but also on their actions. I am preaching good this morning. Are you listening to me? People are complex. Two more things. People need mercy. Number three. People need mercy. You know what? Our need for mercy runs deep. Okay? Our need for mercy runs deep. I believe that it is completely impossible to have a healthy relationship with anyone if you are not merciful. Do you know, do you know that the only way... <laughs> The only way that God could have a relationship with you was by being merciful to you. There is no other way that God could, could have a relationship with you and me without him being merciful. With God's relationship with mankind is not based on man being able to keep his part of the deal. It is based on him being able to forgive and we might look at forgiveness in this season, him being able to forgive man even when man doesn't keep his, his side of the deal. For you to be in a relationship and expect that they will tick all the boxes every single time. And when they don't tick a box, it's a problem. You're missing the point. You will not have healthy relationships if you are not merciful. People need mercy. Amen? God doesn't just give us what we deserve. He gives us what we don't deserve. That's what mercy looks like. Mercy is I don't pay you back what you deserve. I, grace is I give you much more than you ever deserve. Okay? The peace that you're enjoying with God is not based on the fact that you don't offend him. Uh, it's based on the fact that he forgave you before you offended him. He understands your frame. He knows that you are dust, the scripture says. You will not succeed with people if you don't make allowance for them to fail you. Okay? If you don't make allowance for them to, if you don't have reserves of mercy, 
you need to be mercy. And, and now we can, we can, you know, it's also a skill that you can learn where you can be merciful and still put boundaries in place. Being merciful doesn't mean that you allow people to walk all over you. But being merciful is understanding that I, I won't be shocked. It's just like when we're shocked that sinners sin. I can't believe they just did that. What did you think they would do? You know, it, it, it's the same thing when you're shocked that somebody said they would do this, but, but they didn't do it well, or they didn't do what they said they would do. Why are you surprised? It's not that they were trying to be deceptive, but sometimes everyone falls short somewhere. Are you listening to me? Merciful. So be merciful. Be, be really merciful with people, uh, 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 regardless of the decision. You know, if you're breaking up with someone, be merciful with them. If you're staying with someone, be merciful with them. I can be merciful. Merciful doesn't mean you need to, you know, this is the other thing that also happens when I, when I talk to people who are dating. If they tell me they broke up, I'll say, that's good. That's good because this is a good time to break up. When you're dating, that's when we should be talking about whether or not you want to break up. Okay? Not when you're married. When you're married, you've made a commitment. This is not the time. It, the impact of breaking up when you're married is deeper. It is stronger. Okay? Hallelujah. I wish I could see your faces, man. Be merciful to people. You know, we've already talked about the complexities that people have been through. The, the reasons, there are just some ways that people are, some fears that are driving people. You have no idea. People need mercy. Yeah, sometimes the reason you were hurt by people wasn't because they did something wrong, but it was really because you expected that they wouldn't. Are you listening to me? I'll finish with this one. Is this helping somebody today? We've got a few minutes. Final one I want to I tell you, final thing you ought to know about people is that people are awesome. Okay? Now, I know we use that word a lot, okay? But, but, but let's think about the word. You know, if you really get to know people, you will find that there is so much about them that, that is just, that will, that will keep you in awe. God has made mankind the pinnacle, the, the cherry on the top of his creation. He has put mankind, he has made mankind his workmanship, his work of art. That is why, that is why you are as complex as you are. That is part of the reason why you are complex. You are not only complex, not because, uh, just because of the, the negative things that have happened to you. You are complex because God has made you ambidextrous. He has made you and given you so many gifts and so many talents. He has given you an eye for this and an eye for that. You are more than one thing because you are awesome. You are beautiful. You are created, unique. Imagine every single human being that has ever been. God has never repeated an eye print. He has never repeated a fingerprint. He has never repeated the same DNA. How amazing is that? We can identify every individual by unique qualities because people are awesome. I was listening to someone in the military say this, that when they're training people in the military, that the, the people who are training people to get, um, to, to get into the army usually when you're in military camp, the point at which you say, I am tired, the point at which you say, I want to give up, that's usually the point where they know, when you get to that point, they know you're just at 30%. 
they find that when people are wanting to give up because the exercise is so grueling, they find that the point where they say they are so tired, that's really just 30% of their capacity. And if they can push more, they will produce 70% more because more, we are more awesome than we think. Human beings are said to just use 5% of their brain power. Most people never use more than 5% of their brain power. Imagine what you have achieved, and you have just achieved that with a fraction of what you are capable of. People are awesome. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1 talks about this. It says that we are to continue in brotherly love. In other words, we operate with people with love in our heart, with just an appreciation for them. Because he goes on to say in verse 2 that many people have entertained angels and they didn't even know it. God has created people to be your source of encouragement. He has created people to be your help. God will send you the right person at the right time with the right solution. I know people hurt you, but let me tell you, people will bring you out. Are you listening? I know, I, I know, I know people have made this thing much more complex than it is, but people will still bring you out. You are capable. You need to, even God, the angels look down and he, they, they see man and they say, what is man that you are mindful of, of, of him? Can I tell you something about you? Uh, you need to understand that God is not stupid. For God to be this invested in you, for God to send his only son to die for you. And by the way, he didn't just die for you. He died for that person you think you hate. He died for that person whose sin is different to yours and therefore is greater than yours. He died for that person who you completely disagree with. God has invested so much in every single one of us. He has invested just awesomeness in people. People are awesome. So, so it is important that you need to understand in everything that you do, that as you deal with people, do not underestimate people. Don't underestimate God's ab or people's ability to help you. The difference between where you are and the job you're going to get into is people. Just, just be nice to the receptionist can mean that your application stays in the fire. People have power. And I know you like to, you, you want to be mean to everyone because God is on your side, but God works through people. Are you listening to me? So people are awesome. People are wonderful. And you have to recognize this truth. And so in everything that we do, I've got some more things. I want to talk about how how, how to deal with people. Maybe I'll give you this list. Just write it down so that we can pick up somewhere else. People are awesome. Uh, 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 and and people, are, people are just so, so respect. The point I'm trying to make is respect people. Okay? Respect people. Give people weight. Don't look down on people. Don't let the point at which you see them today make you um, rule out who this person is. People are absolutely awesome. Don't underestimate people. Don't play them down. Listen to people. Let me give you some quick things, some quick ways to, to, to do well with people. Number one, criticize less. Okay? Be, uh, no one called you to be a critic. It's not, is it really your calling? Really? Criticize less, even when you're right. Okay? You don't, being right is overrated. 
it's, it's, it's way overrated. So, so what happens when we prove that you were right? You feel good about yourself, but you lose your friends. If you're interested in real change and you're not just about offloading, understand that change is often not instigated by logic, it's instigated by emotion. No one feels good when you're criticizing them. And so if you are going to criticize, the Bible doesn't say we shouldn't criticize, but if you're going to win with people, you've got to learn how to criticize less, how to be less critical of people. Instead, appreciate people more. Appreciate, learn to appreciate. If you're in a place where you're not getting on with somebody, maybe you're not getting on with your spouse, what, are, what do you appreciate about them? Because they should be adding some value to you somewhere. Appreciate people more. People will rise up to fix the thing that you are criticizing if you appreciate them more than you criticize. Try with your children. You know, if you, if you appreciate them and, and, and just really, you know, just, just love them, appreciate them, show them that you see them. That's another thing. Number three, see people. Don't look past people. See people. All of us are longing to be seen. It wasn't just Hagar. I think it was Hagar who in the wilderness, after everything she is going through, God sees her in her dark places. And many of us are like Hagar, who, who have been cast out by the world and uh, by the place that we thought we'll find safety. And we're roaming about in the wilderness, not knowing where to find refreshing. And the Bible says when God sees her, she recognizes that God, she calls him, oh, he is the God who sees. Every one of us is hungry to be seen. And God can use you. It's amazing what happens when you lock eyes with someone and say, how are you? Not like in passing, but you actually look at people. It's a small thing, but you will win with people. Criticize less, appreciate more, look people in the eye, see people. Don't look past people. You know, that's why we've, we've, we've practiced the art of phoniness at church. We've practiced the art of phoniness in life because... We just give, the, have you ever seen that, that fake smile? That used to freak me out. Used to, you know, I, 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 grew up, let me, I grew up in Nigeria. In Nigeria, we're more expressive. If I don't like you, you will know. Okay? If you show up to an office and the person doesn't like you, you will know in their face. When I moved to this country, it freaked me out. Because I don't know whether this person likes me or not. Everyone is smiling at you. What was that smile about? You know, what? Okay? Uh, but, but we've got to learn to see people, not just give the fake smile. Because this environment where we don't see people is this environment where we, where we create, you know, this kind of fake air. And your relationships are never going to be healthy if in your homes you don't really see your children. Or you don't see your wife. I told somebody one time, in fact, I believe in relationships. If you're going to have a, rela a healthy relationship, one of the things that we've got to learn to do is to learn not to see your spouse, for instance, as just, don't, don't see them as just your spouse. Learn to, I, I, one of the things I like to do is I learn to see my wife as Vanessa. Not just as Vanessa, my wife. Okay? Because if I see, if I only ever see her as Vanessa, my wife, the day she is tired, and she says, I don't want to hang out with the children today. I just want to go do something. And I, if I don't see her as an individual who can get tired, are you listening to me? Then I will put pressure. 
I'm like, you're not behaving. This is not what we signed up for. You said, no, no, see them as individuals. See your work colleagues as individuals. Learn people. Learn them. Be interested in them. What is important to them? Learn to ask the right questions. How are you? When you've spent time with people, learn people. Okay? Before you, before you, 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 you cast out the devil, find out, you know, find out something about them. Learn people. Learn to argue well. I don't know how many I've given there, but just yeah, write them all down. Learn to argue well. Look for ways to get your point across without um, demeaning. One of the things that happen, in fact, I believe that most relationships is not, uh, harmonious relationships is not about um, being without argument, but it's about learning to argue well. Okay? If you want to have a successful relationship, one of the key things you're going to have to learn to do is to learn how to disagree in a healthy way. So I can disagree with you without cursing out your mama. I can disagree with me. I, I've told you this story before. My wife really challenged me in this when we, when we got married. One of the early times, we started having, you know, we had an argument. Or let's just say, because we're pastors, obviously, we don't argue. We just have holy conversations about Jesus. We don't have any kind of arguments at all. So let's, let's correct that, okay? Let's fix this idea. I don't want you thinking pastors argue. No. We just sit down with Jesus and iron out our issues. <laughs> But let's say we were having a holy conversation. And in the middle of this quite heated holy conversation, she says to me, I'm, just, I'm going to make a cup of tea. Do you want one? I'm saying, she's about to poison me. I'm saying, this woman, she's trying to, how can, how, because I couldn't quite reconcile the fact that we could have a disagreement and at the same time she would actually still love me. Learn to argue well. Learn people, learn to argue well. Be kind. Do you know how, 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 you know it's easier to be kind to the people at work than it is to be kind to your spouse. It's easier to be kind to other people's children. Hello, how cute. Oh, your children, come here. You are, you are, you are kind to other people's children, uh, but, but, but unkind to yours. Practice kindness on purpose, okay? These are ways to do well with people. And finally, you know, make it, make it, your, make it, make it a thing to make people smile, you know? Make it a thing. Th that's why I said connect with your smile. When you see someone smile, can I ask Radiant City, you know, when everyone, <laughs> when we get back on the tube again, I know people are on the tube, but let's be the people who smile in London. You know, let's not, be the, let's not be the people who think people are weird. You know, again, that's one thing. I moved to London, and I'm walking around. The first time I went to King Cross, 9 o'clock, was, it was like zombie land. Everybody, headphones on, eyes straight, coat tight, poof, 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 nobody talking, no eye contact. It was so awkward. But I think, I think it's important we learn to smile. You can lift, you can, you can cast out demons with a smile. Okay, now brush your teeth because, you know, if you, <laughs> you can impart demons. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I think I'm done now. I hope you understand these things about people. Smile, okay? Just, just be there. Just see people. Take your time. 
Don't be in a hurry. Don't be shocked when people misbehave. People do. After all of these years, you know, you know nothing shocks me. There is, uh, I'm still looking for the thing that w- I, I, I used to be shocked when people would do certain things, but n- genuinely I'm no longer shocked because, you know, human beings are who they are. I have to finish now. Have you been blessed by this? We're going to pick it up next week. Um, thank you for taking the time to, to join us today. Father, I just pray. I know that you, you have something to say to us. You are building our lives with, with these messages. And I pray that you take these words and you cause them to come alive in the hearts of your people. You know where in our relationship, God, I know you have such great plans for our relationship. You have such huge plans for the wholeness of our relationships, whether it is a, a husband and a wife or friends or brother and sister or however, what kind of, whatever that um, um, organization or whatever that relationship looks like, I know that relationships are close to your heart. Relationships are so close to your heart. And I pray that you co- take these words, Holy Spirit, and cause them to come alive. Teach your people these same truths as they go along. We give you glory. Thank you for what you are doing. I speak wholeness into every relationship, to every hurting heart. I thank you that through the, in this relationship, you are looking to bring healing. To every broken relationship, you are the God who can breathe life. I thank you that you are the God who can revive, who can give hope again. You are the God who can re-energize. And we give you praise because we know you're doing that across all of these relationships to the glory of your name. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Praise God. Listen, let's come before God with our giving. Let's come before God with our giving. Let's bring our best gift to God this morning. Let's bring our tithes. Let's bring our offering. Love is giving. Love is giving. Love is, you know, you can't, um, you can't really talk about love if we don't talk about what you're giving. Someone says they pulled their husband in (laughs) to listen to the message. Your comments are wonderful. Thank you, guys. I'm glad you were all blessed. Let's go go do well with the people in our lives. Okay? Your your level of influence will be limited um, if you don't deal with people right. If you don't see. In fact, God will not not release you into people. You know? Look into yourself. Look at where are you. You know, there's some of, some of you who are here single. Let me tell you, one of the best things God did for you was not to bring you another person. I know you won't receive it, Pastor. You're, you're saying that you're married. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. Anyway, let's come together before I make you pull your offering back. Let's, let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's bring, bring your best gift. Let's bring our best gift. How, how can we ensure we have a job, we have a job in our season um, to ensure that, that this gospel is preached? What we're, what, what we're called to do is to impact people, is to impact people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the good news that we have. Imagine, imagine um, the disaster. I believe that my life, the, the trajectory of my life took a different turn when someone began to speak to me about how to live life well, what it really means in practice to honor God. And it's because of somebody else's giving that they had the chance to reach me. I want to encourage you to give. 
I want to encourage you to not spectate in this, in this time. I want to encourage you to bring your best here. You have all the details on the screen. You can, you can still bring your tithe. You can bring your offering. You can bring your best gear. Our God is faithful. Okay, we don't give out of fear. We don't give out of compulsion. We don't give because we are, uh, because of any other reason, but we give because we understand that, that, that we, are, we, are, we have an assignment.